He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Because of all the noise about Russell Westbrook and because of the Kyrie Irving storyline that we got earlier this year and because of everything else that has followed uh, after it, I think that one player that has kind of gone, uh, a, a player has gone under the radar, both in terms of national expectations and in terms of uh, what Lakers fans feel about him. So I want to talk about Anthony Davis. Uh, I. Look, I think he is an immensely talented player. Um, he had one of the best finals performances that you'll see from the second best player on on uh, a championship team. He is incredible when he's right, but we just haven't seen him right often enough. And um, Aaron, I brought you on as a speaker already, but before I even get into my take on Anthony Davis, I'm curious, like, where are your expectations for him? Where do you think the Lakers' expectations are for, for Anthony Davis this season? Is this are they looking at this like have they have they given up on he's gonna pick up the baton from from LeBron, or do you think that's something they're still hoping for? It's definitely something that is still being hoped for on everybody's mind. Um, and my personal expectations are Look, all of this has to be done with the caveat of, of health and the health gods have not smiled upon AD the last couple of years. Is that a trend? Is it a fluke? I mean, I, I would, I'm, I'm open to a discussion about that. But with the caveat that he's healthy or healthy-ish, I expect, a, I, I expect a big year from AD. I expect a big like return to form um defensive player of the year type season from AD and you know back to his 24 and and, and 12 kind of uh I, I expect a big I, I expect a big like FU season from Anthony Davis. Again, is he gonna be healthy? Nobody can answer that. But if he is, I expect a huge bounce back year from from AD. Yeah, I, I guess last year was the year I was I was expecting or hoping a huge back, back bounce back year, and here's a couple of concerns that I have. Um, and obviously, I will I will be up front. I will say this up front: Harrison loves to give me a hard time uh, for my stance on these things, but uh, I want more from AD. Like I watch him play, and I, I see yeah, that's, the, that's the talent. Like I that's see fair. the talent. Like I'm. I'm probably the hardest on AD than I have been on almost any Laker in my lifetime. Um, and it's because the talent is there, right? Like, I think that, and, and, and not only is the talent there, but the frustrating part of this is, like, I don't know that we've seen a player or a Laker who is as capable of, of incredible things as Anthony Davis, but who doesn't seem to grasp the things that he could do to make him special. Like that's the annoying, that's the frustrating part that I find with AD and, you know, heading into the season, if this was going to be some giant bounce season and, and if this was going to be AD, like reminding everybody that they're wrong to put him out of their top, outside of the top 10 in the league and, and all of those lists that, you know, players say they don't care about, but Aaron, as, as you and I talk about quite a bit, they care. And, and so I, I think for, for where I'm, where my head is right now, the fact that the Lakers did go out and sign two centers, um, that, that stood out to me as like, a, oh, okay. So it's the same setup as last year then. And I don't know. No, like but I, hold on. But no, 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 though, because no. Because okay. none of us thought that DeAndre Jordan could play even last year. He started. I, us. I, 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 I'm talking about Which me us? and you. Me and me and you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, or you know, frankly, the assorted. No, nah, you know what? Never mind. Um, but every 
everybody is happier about these about the signing Thomas Bryant and Damon Jones, uh, you especially, by the way. So I don't think it is the same situation. Look, you and I agree that Anthony Davis should play more center than he has at points in his Lakers career. What percentage of his minutes should come at center is a fair conversation to have. Um, But uh, at least on the face of it, signings this year seem a lot more capable to me, at least, than last year's signings. Um, I don't know how DeAndre Jordan got another contract somewhere. Dwight Howard is not currently uh, on an NBA roster. So I don't think it's, I, I think it's fair to say, okay, like you ask the question about how much center is AD going to play, but to characterize it as the same situation as last year, it was so galling that AD wasn't playing as much center as we all would have liked. Maybe some of that is Vogel, but it was also because the dudes that were playing center could, could so obviously not play that it was, it was even more galling that AD wasn't playing as much center as we would like that. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Yeah. I, 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 all right. That's, I'm glad that you called me out on the phrasing of that. I, I mean it more cause you're right. Like if he's healthy, Thomas Bryant is, is uh, better and fits better and more differently. Like the, the, the annoyance that I had with last year was that like you had Deandre Jordan and Dwight Howard who both fit similarly with AD and couldn't play consistently up to the level that they needed to work off of AD. And so you had like the same issues, no matter who was in there, whenever AD wasn't at center. Um, and then, you know, you, you, this year though, you have uh, Damian Jones who like for that stretch that he was there with the Lakers, I was really impressed with just the small thing. You don't need anything insane from, from the center that's playing next to AD. Like, if, or, or any center that's playing on a LeBron James team, by the way. Like you just need somebody who run, uh, rim runs, protects the rim, finishes on alley-oops, offers you that vertical uh, uh, spacing and, and gravity that, like, say, JaVale did and Dwight did a couple seasons ago. Like, the, the, that, that role shouldn't be very difficult to fill, and I thought Damian did a really good job um, when, he, when, when he was given that opportunity. And, and you know, when you go from that, to like go from that I thought when Mark came back from being sick he didn't look himself anymore so like that's why as much as anything Damien kind of stood out to me he was like oh well he he could jump he had calf muscles muscles I like that guy um and but and the it, other part of it that you're bringing up is is a pretty good uh is a good point because what one of the reasons why I mean, the Mark, the Mark situation was weird, but one of the reasons why I liked it, especially at the beginning, was because he's a facilitator from the top of the key. He was, outside of LeBron, the best passer the team had. And then you go to last year, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's DeAndre Jordan and Dwight, and you don't have the optionality. And I like this year's collection better because you're right about what you need next to AD, but... Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones are not, especially offensively, are not similar players. So having a choice, depending on the matchup, depending on uh, if you want to play AD more minutes at center, less minutes at center, who you are playing against, what kind of scheme you want to implement, um, having those guys as as offensively, offensively, uh, you know, kind of somewhat different archetype of players, I think is having that optionality is important. And it wasn't something that existed last year. It certainly was with uh the year before that with with Gasol so I think that that part is is a positive change also yeah I I still though like the fact that the Lakers and and look because of AD's health concerns like they didn't want to get into a spot like they were in last year where when AD went down right it was LeBron it was LeBron playing center because he was the only guy that could yes yeah so like I, I I so like from a team building aspect I get why the Lakers would go out and 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 fairly early in the offseason commit to two guys at at center. Um so I, I understand it in any approach, but you know, I, I still just and maybe this is me wishing that we lived in like an NBA 2K world where you could like turn injuries off 
and you could and and uh the the impact on on approach didn't maybe uh you know like you could just i could just tell ad in 2k hey go play center and there would be no like back and forth on the <laughs> on the topic it would hey, you're, turning, how it would go. You're, you're turning you're turning fatigue off too huh? just go play 48. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah like just yeah like and and look like i i understand that it's unrealistic to expect that of of anthony davis and and that is part of the math that i'm doing here but but i would just like to see for one season while he's in his prime and he is in his prime despite the injuries that he's had and they have both been freak injuries like both of the situations that he was in last year you have one guy fall into his knee uh on in uh was that i forget who fell into his knee i think it was against memphis and then he landed on Rudy Gobert's foot. So uh, both of those things are are unavoidable, and those are the kinds of things that anybody is going to miss time for. They weren't like the soft tissue, like I'm out of shape and I tweaked a hamstring type thing. Um, and, and that needs to be factored in here as well. But I would just like to see one season where he just fully commits to not just playing center, but playing center in the modern way that makes him the most valuable version of himself. Like, what... Okay, what derailed two, Dwight's yeah. what, what derailed Dwight's career was when he moved away from rim running and dunking on entire cities at a time and being an absolute force defensively at the rim and started focusing instead on I need post touches I need I need to get my Hakeem on and I need to do these things while by the way not expending the amount of effort that it takes to get good at those things. I just want those things because I'm Dwight Howard now. And, and it, it, and it really, again, I would go so far as to say has derailed his career. Like he was, he was en route to I being mean, one of the greatest centers of all time. And he was well, he, out of wait, the league. Hold on. On. He is one of, he is one well, of the but, greatest but, centers I, of I all mean, time. Like, the, the, his back his injuries derailed his career more than his unwillingness to change. But at so his, two two questions. Peak, yeah. I agree with you, but I think his it, and you're right. The the back injuries do matter. But before the back injuries happened, he was becoming a headache because like you know, the whole like Stan Gunny thing that happened pre back injury. Like that was, and he was annoyed with Stan Van Gunny because Stan was like, "Hey man, you're really good at this other stuff. Could you focus on that more?" And, and Dwight wanted him fired. So like so, that, that we. <laughs> so I guess so. Two things. Um, one is. What would be enough for you to say that Anthony Davis like is a center? What? How many minutes is it? Because he has he has in the past played 60, 70 percent of his minutes at center. So I'm just wondering in your like for you to say he is playing center enough or he is a, a center. How much? How how? What what? Uh, what portion of his minutes need to be at center? And then the second part is there's a like marginal. Uh, and a relative value here. Yes, you said the Lakers signed two centers, you know, pretty early. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you and and you clearly want Anthony Davis to play more time at center. So maybe that's not the use of of uh, your money because you are you know, kind of papering over. You're taking away some of what you believe that Anthony Davis does best. My response to that is, I would like Anthony Davis to play more minutes at center too. Too, however. The Lakers didn't have enough NBA players last year. And for the minimum, to be able to get those two guys who are both quite clearly NBA players, when the Lakers didn't have enough NBA players, maybe there's better value in that as opposed to, well, like, who is available on the wings? Who is available at guard? The Lakers don't have enough spending power or have not had enough spending power. So at the minimum... I don't know that you're going to find a whole lot better signings than those two dudes. They are, they are legitimate rotation players in the NBA, whether it's, you know, I see Darius in here, whether we're going to use a Darius term, one shift, two shift, three shift. Are they like both starting caliber? Maybe, maybe not. Rotation players in the NBA. And to be able to get that at the minimum, you're going to be more likely to be able to do that at center. So I don't think there's any problem with, those two signings. I think those are two of the best signings of the offseason because you can find better value at center than you can otherwise. So I don't think there's a problem, you know, committing two minimum contracts to guys that are, are going to impede Anthony Davis at, at, at the center position because that's where the value is. And frankly, the Lakers just didn't have enough NBA bodies last year. All right. 
I agree and I don't. So I agree with oh, you. Oh, we're, we're going Darius again? Yes and no? <laughs> Please, we'll just bring him up on. But, like, no, I, I, I agree with you in that, like, centers have kind of become the NBA's running back, right? Where those guys who can get up and finish and, and, and do these things that are valuable, but at a certain point, like you're able to find, there are enough of those guys, at least in the off season to, that, that you can kind kind of squint, squint at and say, all right, this is, this is somebody who can fill in those minutes for me. I don't want to allocate a ton of resource to, to somebody who we might be able to get similar production to, for less, right? That's the and yet the Lakers had a grand total of zero of them last year. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you decide that DeAndre Jordan is going to be your starting center. Like, at the, <laughs> if if that's if that's if that's the approach that you're going to take, like I I would like to go back in, into the off season and see who might be available. I know that the Lakers were hoping that Damian Jones would be available, um, and then he wasn't, and and that kind of threw a wrench into their plans, but. Yeah, I would I would venture a guess is to say that at some point there was somebody better at playing center available last offseason than DeAndre Jordan. That's the point that you're making right now, right? Is that if if you're looking for value, that value is there at that position. The only thing that I would say to that, though, the caveat that I would make to that is when you have a special center, it's like those special running backs. Those guys are are insanely valuable like Anthony Davis at his best is insanely valuable because he can do those things that we're talking about that are, are, are fairly replaceable, but he can also do that while staying on the floor and guarding the perimeter and, and uh, switching when he has to switch and he can make up for mistakes on the back end in ways that, that is, is not replaceable. Those special running backs in the, in the NFL, the, the Derek Henry's of the world, those guys are, uh, you don't want to sign an extra back there that who would take touches away away from Derrick Henry because then Derrick Henry is the best option that he's made Ryan Tannehill look decent in the NFL. Um, I, I think here with with AD, if if you are signing people who would take touches away from AD, I, I think there is while there might be value value there, there is kind of a concern of like okay, but that still means that the the super special center that you have there who does a bunch of stuff that isn't replaceable at a somewhat replaceable position. Uh, now he's going to be moving to a position where he does become more replaceable like that. That's the part that kind of concerns me here. And, and yeah, you asked me like what split I would like, I would like at least 80, 20 for 80. That's what I would, I, I would hope for one season where we get 80, 20, 85, 15, and he just completely, but Hey, uh, I'm going to run, I'm going to set screens and I'm going to roll hard to the basket. All that pinch post stuff that I can't even facilitate out of either. Like that's going to be limited as well. Like that's the kind of player I would love to see more from AD. And, and because the Lakers to, to your point, signed two very capable centers, we're going to get less of that. And I, and you know, okay, that's the fair, basketball but, yeah. fan of me would like to see more of the, the world beater AD that we saw and see if we, if he can expand that to the entirety of a season. Okay. If you he just can, think he can, then fine. No, he can be a world beater at power forward. You can give up on the 80-20 or 85-15 dream because that it just isn't happening. Until he gets diminished enough physically where he's older and like physically is less capable of doing power forward things and more capable of doing center things, that 80-20, 85-15 just it's not going to happen. I beneath that we can have an argument about what it's going to be, but in signing those two centers, agree are capable NBA players, definitely rotation players. The Thomas Bryant injury question caveat aside, what was the opportunity cost? Who would you rather those minimum slots have gone to? Guys that can't play just because they're smaller and will give AD won't be in AD's way. No, I, I like I said, I don't I don't have problems with the signings. It's like we talked about like last year, right? Where if you look at each signing in a vacuum, the signings make perfect sense. Like you know, it's fine. I look, look, I'm you're not gonna get me. I know you're trying to get me to to seem as if I'm complaining about Damian Jones. I will not. That is my large adult son <laughs> and I refuse. Um, <laughs> trying to bait you like, into it. But but and and I I like I don't even think we're necessarily disagreeing all that much. Like those signings were fine. I would just, you know, the basketball fan in me 
would just like to see one season where AD just decides, you know what? I am going to be like the absolute best version of myself for as long as I possibly can. I am going to go out there and chase an MVP. I am going to go out there and chase a defensive player of the year. And maybe, look, the Lakers have higher aspirations than regular season rewards. And maybe that's something that he and the Lakers have had conversations about. And he doesn't think that it's worth it for him to chase those things um, because he thinks it puts their their playoff aspirations at risk. Uh, but again, the, the the just the straight basketball fan of me who wants to see great players go out and try to be great night in night out, like that's that's kind of a bummer if that is the the approach the approach that he takes to this stuff. So I think that I guess we can put a bow on this. I think AD is going to play center center this year. How much? Open question. How much should he? You and I disagree on that. I do think he should spend a lot of his time at center. But as much as you would like, I don't think does a service to his or the Lakers' long-term goals. We saw some of his mindset on that last year when he obviously came in theoretically to be able to withstand playing against bigger guys. But I would like some of that, some of those those bumps and bruises to be absorbed by bigger humans or guys that are more used to playing. Sorry, Thomas Bryant is a he's a, Thomas Bryant is a big boy. You know, I don't I don't need. I don't need 40 minutes of AD. He is capable of it. You're right. I don't need 40 minutes on a Tuesday in February. I don't need 40 minutes of AD banging with Embiid. I don't think that gets the Lakers long-term goals any closer to where they want to be. I do agree with you that his, his mentality, I wish his mentality was more towards playing center. And you're right. He can be probably one of the best centers in the league, you know, a top three center in the league, probably. But I don't think it is in the long-term best interest of the Lakers to have him playing 30 minutes a night at center. So I think the, the, the signings are really positive. And again, like, why not bring in more NBA players? That was the big concern last year. LeBron James was playing 30 minutes at center a night because the Lakers just didn't have any big guys. The Lakers didn't have anybody capable playing even when deandre and dwight were healthy they just didn't have guys so i think i think those two signings are really good and it's not like it's not like they gave up some real positive minimum signings on the wings or at guard either so i think it's kind of much do about nothing but i do agree with you i think ad should play more center than he has seemed to want to do in the recent past but I don't think it is in the best interest for him to just be a center period. Uh, one quick point before I go to my boy, Neil. Um, I think the point that you just made is a foundational issue in the NBA that like the 82 game season makes it so that on any given night is antithetical to what is best for NBA team X for their superstar to be the best version of themselves. Like every single Sunday you tune tune in and you feel like when you're watching an NFL game that all those guys are, are, you know, it's an event for them as much as it is an, an event for the fan. And the, in the NBA, you can't say that. Like the fact that the fact that we're sitting here saying it doesn't make, make sense for the Lakers or for Anthony Davis, for him to be the best version of himself night in, night out, like then, okay. Then, then at some point <laughs> the NBA needs to do something that, that uh, makes it so that the fan doesn't feel like that Tuesday in, in, I don't know. I can't even say Milwaukee cause they're really good now, but that Tuesday in Orlando feels like the Sunday morning on Christmas, like the, the, the or, or closer to it than it currently does. Um, all right, Neil, I, 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 this is uh, like we have been talking about basketball and DMs and going back on back and forth on Twitter for years now. Um, he has his own pod, which uh, is the first ballot pod. Uh, thanks for hopping on, man, for, for, for talking about this stuff. I, I know how you feel about Anthony Davis, but let everybody else know. Uh, this Hey, first time, long time. This is my first time on a space. I don't like knowing that you're all actual people. I prefer to think of you as little pictures on this app. Uh, AD, I agree. I want to see that from AD as well, what Anthony was saying. I do side with Anthony. I hate having to admit that. But to me, AD at the five is the classic case of analytics versus reality. 
It makes perfect sense on paper. He should play the five. We all know it. He can't. We're thrusting analytics on top of him, but the truth is his body can't handle the load. I, I, I think I used to look at him and think, and I think a lot of him, he doesn't want to play the five because he's soft. He, you know, he wants to step out, et cetera, et cetera. But I now think AD was saying, I don't want to play the five because I think my body won't stand up to it. And I actually think that's smart. And so I gave up my AD at the five dreams last year because I think he needs a guy next to him to take the load off of him for his body. That's it. So long, everyone. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Neil. And I, I do want like before you, I do you think the point that I just made about it being not great for the NBA that you know, on, on any given night, we're sitting here saying, well, are we sure it makes sense to push this guy and one of 82 when the one of 16 wins are so much more valuable? Like it, that, that gap in importance, it, it just doesn't feel great. And as we move further and further and further, like as we see NFL ratings just absolutely lap every other sport's ratings, it, it, it feels like we're, we're at some point we're going to come to a, a moment here where an inflection point where something is going to have to change. Well, now we're talking my business. Football is on another planet. It's like a completely different thing. The schedule is like perfect for television. It's per perfect for people. And I don't mean to dismiss football fans because um, I enjoy football myself, but football has a violence to it that is unmatched. And that is the reason why people football it's set up for your Sunday. It owns the day and it's crazy violent. And you get to eat wings and drink beer and be a lunatic for like, like a couple hours. So like nothing will touch football. I understand trying to get there, and certainly the league would benefit from having its best players maximized so that the games could be as good as they could possibly be and have each team reach their potential and think about the product. The league, I don't believe personally, I don't believe the leaks of it that way. I don't think they're, they're trying to maximize the product. I think they're trying to maximize viewership, which leads to media coverage that's, you know, baloney and not about the sport and about the stories. Um, and then personally, as a Laker fan, I don't really care if they're maximized as a team. I just wanted another blanket in the rafters. So if that means you shelf that dude until the spring and, and, that, and that's your best shot is to just have him be as healthy as he possibly can be and hope to put together a month before the playoffs and, and like hit a stride. That's all I want. I'd want 18. I just had to live through a window where I thought the Celtics were going to get back in the lead. All I want is another title. I don't care how they get there, including trading first-round picks. Trade every first-round pick for forever to maximize this chance. I'll worry about the future in the future. I just want this title if we've got these guys now. So I, I it brings up an interesting question. First of all, let's put aside the game thing because it's not going anywhere. Uh, the NBA is not doing anything about that. But the question becomes, and you know, Pop, Pop probably started this famously sending uh, uh, Manu and Tony Parker uh, and Tim Duncan like home on a Southwest flight, right? And then the NBA has responded saying, don't do that for, for national television games. And it brings up an interesting question because all the teams and ownership groups, they all form kind of one kind, right? The commissioner is supposed to, the commissioner works for all of the teams and it is a collective. But I think it's kind of a disingenuous argument to say, hey, Pop, you shouldn't do that because you owe it to the league. You owe it to the collective to play your best guys on TV or, you know, LeBron or Kawhi or whoever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, maybe. But their first duty is to do whatever they think is best for their team in winning a title. So it is hard for me to say, hey, someone owes it to the league to play their best position more or to put the best product out there or to play when they are not feeling like it because that's not the, the first duty is to try to win a title. And I don't really, I don't blame anybody for doing whatever they feel. They might be wrong, but for doing whatever they feel is in the best interest of winning a title. And if AD and the Lakers, I'm not suggesting this is, but if AD and the Lakers feel that the best way to win a title, or AD to play some minutes at center, but not all minutes or not even most minutes at center, 
And I say, okay, if if you think that is the best path to win a title, so be it. Yeah, I. This is this is one of the more interesting trends I think in professional sports is we're seeing like in baseball because of analytics, like the sport has been kind of figured out, right? Where home runs and strikeouts are essentially like the that, three, yeah, three it, true outcomes. Yes, the, 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 the like the entertainment in baseball comes from defensive plays when the ball is put in play and you get steals and you get, you know, double plays being turned at second. And, and you live in this, in this world where like it, baseball is unique in that the best, the most exciting plays happen on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and I think in terms of these teams doing what is best for them to win a championship, of course they should abide analytics. Of course they do all these things that give themselves the best chance at winning uh, baseball games and winning a world series. But in terms of the entertainment value for the sport, like that's why they're getting ready to ban the shift, right? Is because the, the sport has become the most boring version of himself, yeah, even though we, it's at its most efficient. We talk about this though, also with like coverage, you know, TNT's coverage and I love inside the NBA, right. But they're not talking about the game and it's not progressing the game and they're not. And we also talk, about that. and we'll see this opening night right they promote they don't promote the game they don't promote teams it's Steph and LeBron and Steph and LeBron and Steph and LeBron and they're gonna wear they're gonna Steph and LeBron is going to go into the ground but the question then becomes right like you're saying baseball pl- baseball players are going to do whatever it's whose responsibility is it to grow the game versus right these TV partners they should put on whatever they think is going to get the best ratings is that a long-term strategy maybe not but whose right. responsibility is it? We we're gonna have to. Oh 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 yeah! I saw Woj. I saw the Woj bomb. It's, let's switch uh, it up. This one really surprised me because I, from what I had heard, things were going in a very different direction. But according to Adrian Wojnarowski, <laughs> the, uh, uh, I, I the, warned you about that. I warned you. Yep. Hey, this is why I don't report. Uh, but the the Cleveland Cavaliers have acquired Donovan Mitchell in a trade. Sources tell ESPN the New York Knicks miss out on their dude once again. It's like the new the Knicks are back. How about that? <laughs> um, we're as as we're talking, we're going to get more details. Yeah, let's 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 um, yeah, let's we get live reaction. Okay, on what all this looks like. But your first thoughts, Aaron, on 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 uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, um, going to Cleveland? Well, I haven't seen. I don't know. I just I, I haven't looked at the tweet yet. And Woj has been wording stuff strangely recently, so I haven't seen what is going back to Utah. He's going to be so point. pissed because the CAA guys didn't get their guy. Um, so I, I that part I need to see. But as far as I said, I don't know a, a year ago. I mean, this stuff has been brewing in Utah for a year um, at least, and it was my. It was my contention that if they were going to trade one of them, they needed to trade both of them. And I don't know that anybody else was going to really have the stones to do that other than Danny Ainge. So I think tearing it down into a full rebuild, even though they wanted to have a face for they have the game next year, even though they wanted to have a face for the All-Star game next year, you weren't winning anything with both of them, and you're not winning anything with either of them. So if that is the case, being really good in the regular season, and getting beat in the first and the second round every year is your ceiling, then rip the Band-Aid off and tear it down. Again, I haven't seen what they got. I would imagine they got quite a bit, but I haven't seen what they got yet, so I can't speak on the, this trade specifically, my opinion. But I think they did right by tearing it down, rip it down to the studs, start over. Yeah, I, I mean, this was trading on It's funny when they traded Rudy Gobert, there was the immediate report that, this doesn't mean that the Utah Jazz are getting ready to trade Donovan Mitchell. And it was like, you liars. <laughs> like, nobody believes you. Um, and, and lo and behold, uh, immediately right after that, not only did you get the reports that Utah is talking to teams around the league and engaging his value, um, but I believe somebody asked, I believe their owner, and uh, asked if, if Donovan Mitchell was in trade talk, and he didn't say no. So yeah, that started pretty quickly, and you're absolutely right that that uh, Donovan Mitchell's unrest in Utah has been going on for a while, and it's not even necessarily all basketball related. Um, he has some issues with some of the politics in Utah, um, and as we just saw with the uh, volleyball player at BYU, um, that that city uh, doesn't tend to 
uh, treat its black athletes uh, the way that they should be. And, you know, that that was part of it. And uh, he has wanted to be in a larger market for quite some time now. Uh, Ohio is, is, I don't know if it's necessarily the, the market that he was hoping for, but depending on what they gave up here. And I, I wonder if like, it's a, a so it's, 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 I, I don't know. I don't know the that financial stuff, but it's three, unpro- according to Woj, it's three unprotected picks and two pick swaps. Yeah. Five ish first. Now, obviously Donovan makes whatever he makes. I know it's 20 something. I yeah. think. Um, so obviously there's going to need to be, uh, some some contracts going from Cleveland also, and that hasn't been reported yet. Um, but this was you, this was in the cards, right? Because yeah. Donovan obviously was 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 uh, you know pretty close. They brought in Dwayne Wade to kind of yeah. try to do something about that relationship and keep Donovan around, keep him happy. Uh, you can see Ainge was brought in that relationship. You know, D Wade was kind of was less of a voice there, so that was something kind of as a shot. Uh, Quinn Snyder and, and and Donovan were really close. Quinn Snyder left. Was he? They wanted to keep him. He had had enough. So that kind of. Uh, and then, I, I, if I remember correctly, uh, Spida had like a specific candidate that he was kind of advocating for that didn't get the job. Um, and you know, the stuff going back to the first round of the playoffs two seasons ago when. Um, you know, the, the stuff with his ankle and the medical team, all of that. So, like, it, all of this stuff has been kind yeah, of strange. This has been, this has been weird. That relationship has been, I think, kind of souring for a while. But it's interesting now. Again, we haven't seen the players involved yet or the contracts involved yet. But I, t- I think Rudy Gobert is better, just plainly better than Donovan Mitchell. That is not – with fans that they disagree almost entirely. Around the league, take it or leave it, right? It's it, – People have different opinions, but they got significantly more, again, yeah. before we see the players or contracts. They got significantly more for Gobert than they did for, for Donovan. Uh, the, the Cavs are going to have to match the salaries here, so they're, they're big salaries that could go Okay, up. It's, uh, it's according to my boy Chris Haynes, it's, it's Markkanen, Sexton, and Agbaji. Wow, so love stays put. Uh, that would That's an interesting Markkanen going out. It's going to make sense See, that that move didn't seem to make much. Sexton uh, was a restricted free agent and or is a restricted free agent. So I wonder if this is a part of a uh, contract that he would be well, getting. It has too. To, you know, it has to it has to be a it has to be a sign and trade, which would right. which would hard cap uh, Utah. Not that it matters because they don't have a real roster. They don't have an NBA yeah. roster, so they will be nowhere near uh, the hard cap line. So it won't matter to them. But uh, yes. And then. Agbaji was their first on pick. Uh, 14, made 12, 12, 14, something. I think 14th, late lottery yeah. pick. Yeah, late lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he uh, he's a he's a great shooter and all that stuff. And and a, you know he's a little older, so I don't know how he'll he kind of fit how how he'll fit into that timeline. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Now that we know the specifics of it, I I would be pretty dis- like disappointed if I was a Utah Jazz fan. Like I look. I think on one hand, you set the market to yourself and you set expectations a little too high for yourself with the insane trade that where you basically took advantage of a new ownership and a new executive out there in Minnesota. Um, so I, I think expecting a return like you were going to get from Gobert um, was probably always going to be unrealistic. But no, but you want go- that out there. You want that out there because the 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 interest from the Knicks was was yeah the worst kept secret. So you want like you want to set that precedent and say okay. Okay, Knicks, come on, let's do it. Right. I think the you know Donovan. I think he has three years left, and his affinity for for the Knicks was also pretty obvious. Uh, yeah. You know, they were making googly eyes at each other. So, you know, this brings up that look. It's he still has, still has three years left. I think it is. But is he going to be happy in this market? I, th- this is Cleveland taking a big risk. I understand it, but it is taking a big risk, especially on a little tiny backcourt that they're going to have, which never works. Now, if if it is going to work, having uh, having Mobley and Allen there to clean it up in the yeah. back is, is helpful. And even a Coro is is athletic and big enough that you can make I, that I, work too. I, I mean, uh, yes, I think they've I think they have discovered. I mean, they, now they're going to have to have to, but I think they've discovered he's he yeah that they, I mean, they 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 missed. I'm just there, saying but. that there's 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 like there's some length on on their wings that 
that I think you can make this work with. Mm-hmm. They were playing Laurie Markin in it at small four. No, I know, I know. Year. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying with him. I'm saying that Cleveland, like you were going to have two tiny little guards, then Mobley and Mobley Allen and Allen is and a good a yeah, bunch of athleticism yeah, around him yeah. is how you're going to make it work. Yeah. But, no. I. Yeah. And it's like, look, this. This is Cleveland. They are. They had a really good year last year. They were like they're ahead of schedule. Before all of this, I was a non-believer in them going forward. We tend to think of progress in the NBA as winning year, and it isn't, right? You like teams, they make that jump and then they keep going. I would not believe, I don't remember what the win total was, but I would have taken the under if I was into such things as gambling on basketball games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was permitted to do so. But yeah. I, so I was a non-believer. So, but this, this, this changes matters but this is this is a big risk for cleveland granted they have as i said they have a few years left he's there but i don't know what the intel is i do know what the intel is the intel is that donovan wanted to be in new york so yeah how long do they have before that clock is ticking could they move him later on if that becomes a problem sure but they just put themselves under the microscope and they became a team that now needs to win in the next now next year like the clock has, they've officially got the clock ticking in Cleveland. Uh, Colin Sexton is signing a four-year, $72 million contract um, via sign and trade to the Utah Jazz. So that's a part of this, and that makes all the money work. So um, good for him for getting paid, man. That's, that's uh, you know, for, for somebody when you're in restricted free agency this late into the proceedings, you start to get a little nervous. You start thinking about that qualifying offer, uh, but I'm glad that he got his money. So that gets figured out. The other thing, and and look, this is Silver Screen and Roll. This is a Lakers uh, feed. Uh, I'm going to play my favorite game, which is how does this affect the Lakers? And and uh, Aaron, look, the, the wins were all kind of pushing in, in the direction here. Now, the wins have been swirling. At one point, it was Kyrie Irving. Uh-huh. At one point, it was Indiana. At one uh-huh. point, it was most recently, it was uh, Utah. I recorded last night's lowdown. As if the, you know, and, and really kind of explained what I thought the return was going to be, which at that point seemed like it was going to be uh, Fournier, uh, Reddish, and Bogdanovich go, coming in with Russell Westbrook and only the one pick going out. Um, that, that's, uh-huh. that, that was the most recent thing. But, you know, obviously this throws a wrench into any of those plans. Uh, it's a good thing Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook are talking to each other on the phone now. Um, uh, all right. Um, so, all right. Should we, okay. So you texted me yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, saying that you thought something was likely to happen. And, um, I said, I don't know about that. Uh, and it would seem that this would certainly put a wrench in that. Um, and I mean, Eric Pincus wrote an article yesterday. We can just call it that, uh, what Mm -hmm. he reported there now is no longer a possibility. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously this does affect the Lakers. Um, does it, does it completely move any possibilities with Utah? Not necessarily, but, um, it, it's certainly a, a complicating factor, I was curious as to you. I mean, you seemed like you you thought something was going to happen. And I was curious about that. That construction now, I would agree with you, is is uh, no longer still no yeah. a possibility. I mean, it's, it's literally impossible now. Yes, it's no longer a possibility. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think it was as close. Well, clearly it wasn't. Um, and I, again, I don't think I don't think this was I didn't I didn't know this specifically, but the Lakers part of it as it related to how this could have all fit in with a puzzle was not gonna, was not happening or was not like at the one yard line. So I don't I didn't know about this trade, the, the Mitchell trade. I didn't know about this before it happened. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But I don't think that it maybe is surprising to people in the league as it might seem. Yeah, so I, I was just for clarity's sake, essentially what I had been told was 
and again, I'm not a reporter. I do not. I do not like to break stuff. I <laughs> I sent out an eyes emoji, and that made me nervous. Like I didn't. <laughs> like that is not something that, that that I'm interested in doing at all. But essentially, the way it had been framed is uh, that the Lakers kind of sort of knew what was going out. The Lakers kind of sort of knew what was coming in. There was some uh, conversation on the periphery of that, but. None of that was going to happen until the Donovan Mitchell situation uh, came, you know, came to its end. Um, and obviously, as it came to its end in, in a non-Knicks way, this means that, that that deal is completely off of the table. It makes you wonder now if the Lakers are going to call Indiana back up. Um, we got that reported uh, request from Indiana that they were demanding THT and the two first-round picks and Russell Westbrook. Uh, Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and they were expecting the Lakers to take on Daniel Tice's deal. Um, I would imagine the Lakers are, are at least going to call them back up to talk about some more specifics of that now that this is off of the table. I don't know if the Lakers are going to you know, try to, to rehash conversations here with Utah and just try to make it a, a, a one-to-one trade. As ev- like the, the, the number one rule when you're trying to put together any kind of a, a fake trade on, on any kind of a trade machine is as soon as you get into a third team, it's not going to happen. So you can have all the fun that you want. I, and trust me, I love having my fun on the trade machine. Do you, once- do you wear a tinfoil hat as you concoct all of these things on the trade machine? Uh, you don't. I don't, I, you know, brother, I have to stay away from the trade machine. <laughs> I forget, no, 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 that is, no, 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 but people I, going through my search history that no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, my search history is questionable for other yeah, reasons, that's, but right. I, I, that's not, if, if I found trade machine stuff, I'd be like disappointed in you. Like that, that was a letdown. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I think. I still would be pretty surprised if, if Russell Westbrook and entered training camp here with the Lakers. Um, one thing that, you know, I was doing a show with Alex Padilla um, for their station down in San Diego. And he made a really good point that like for all of the noise that LeBron and Patrick Beverly and other Lakers have made about how excited they are for like Russell Westbrook bounce back uh, season uh, hype and stuff like that that he hasn't seemed to match that same excitement. Obviously he fired his agent for telling him to try to make it work with the Lakers. Um, so I, I still would be pretty surprised if Russ was on the Lakers at training camp or, or okay, well, alone can I, beginning of can the I season, make one point still, about that? Yeah. Can I make one point about that. So you're right about coach Ham, right about LeBron. Um, you're right about Pat Bev since he's, he has been here. Um, Jeannie said, Jeannie had her quote up, maybe it was The Athletic, I think, where she said, you know, he was the best player. What she meant was, and she, you know, cleaned it up and corrected it, that he was basically the most consistent and available player. So fine. Take all of those. What else are they supposed to say? Whether the Lakers' objective is to keep Russ and win a title or whether it is to get him out of here immediately and win a title, what are they supposed to say? That's that's all you can say. All you can say is yeah. we're going to make it work. We believe in him. It's going to work. We believe. We believe. We, whether that's true or not, that's all you can say. That is is smart business to say that, no matter what your objective is. Because otherwise, if you say this, I don't know if this is going to work. We're, we we might have to be done with this, dude. You're 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 whatever leverage you have. I.e., what Russ was saying at exit interviews. Yeah, but but but, but yeah, sure. But but Russ is the subject of all this, right? Like he is an unreliable narrator. He is the subject of all of this consternation, disagreement, whatever. Yeah, and whatever his whatever his objective is, whether it's to be on the Lakers to not be on the Lakers, may or may not be different from the Lakers' objective. But what we do know is that the Lakers' objective. It is not helped in any way, whether you want to or not, it is not helped in any way by talking down about him publicly. Yeah. And, and again, like it, it, that's basically what I've said all along is, you know, I, I never anticipated the Lakers to be unprofessional in all of this. Like I, the Lakers have built a reputation um, over the years of saying the right things, especially about superstars, even while they, you know, with Paul Hall, for example, like he was always in trade talks and trade rumors and all of these things. Um, but when time came down to it, 
And when the Lakers were asked about Powell, it was always very clear by what they said that they really care and love the dude. And, you know, lo and behold, they're going to retire his jersey this year. So, like, I never thought that the Lakers would go out there and say something reckless about Russ. Um, what I found interesting was as the Lakers are saying those those things about Russ and as his teammates are hyping him up and getting him getting ready to, to see a bounce back year from him. Like you look at his you you look at his social media and there isn't like the reciprocation there. Like, oh, yeah, well, I can't wait to get out there with you, too, buddy. Like it's it's not something that has happened. And I thought that that silence has been interesting how much it means. You know, I don't want to go into full like undisputed mode or whatever here. You're, you're, you're gonna be out here like who did he who did he take out of his top eight on MySpace or we, we do it, we're analyzing the socials. I like this. Did he del- <laughs> did he delete? Did he does he still follow the team account? We got We need this. I don't know. We gotta gotta check. Uh, you know, Donovan. Look, Donovan Mitchell did wipe all of his Utah Jazz stuff off of his profile. Called himself a blogger, which I did. Donovan, I did see that. You don't yeah, want you that. don't want these streets. You don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> stay over there make all the money that you can make in the nba blogging money is is, is non-existent um no i i again this is all going to be very uh fluid this is all this is going to be something that i would imagine i'm going to continue to have to uh record on in the coming days and weeks i was hoping that this would be resolved by say tomorrow but it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I'm posting. You know what? When I when I finally when I'm finally done with all of this, I am I am posting. This is gonna be like a Watergate or going through Trump's stolen files or whatever. I'm posting. I'm letting all the tweets go. I got all Easy. the receipts. Easy. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cover this as best we can. Um, and and with that in mind, I'm gonna go ahead and call this thing here. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Neil, for for hopping in when you did. Thank you, Aaron, as always for tuning in as you did thank you everybody for tuning in over the course of this thing um i would imagine we're going to have another one of one or two of these things as we see the fallout from this make sure you guys are are, are following aaron on twitter at aaron lars at aaron larsoul i am at anthony Irwin la until the next time we talk to you guys which is tomorrow we'll uh i'm anthony Irwin. that's aaron larsoul and we'll talk to you then